views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of this station. Content is for educational purposes only. Consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence if investing. The show is pre-recorded. Everyday Wealth is produced and created by Edelman Financial Engines and hosted by Gene Chatsky. Ms. Chatsky is not an employee or client of the firm. She receives fixed cash compensation as host and for related activities, and therefore has an incentive to endorse Edelman Financial Engines and its planners. For additional information, please see www.edelmanfinancialengines.com slash everydaywealth. The 2022 Top 100 Independent Advisory Firm ranking issued by Barron's is qualitative and quantitative, including assets managed by the firm, technology spending, staff diversity, succession planning, and other metrics. Firms elect to participate but do not pay to be included in the ranking. Compensation is paid for use and distribution of rating. Awarded September 2022 based on data within a 12-month period. Investor experience and returns are not considered. At the intersection of life and money, this is Edelman Financial Engine's Everyday Wealth with personal finance expert, Gene Chatsky. Edelman Financial Engines has been ranked by Barron's as the number one investment advisor in the country. Now, here's Gene Chatsky. Hi, everyone. I'm Gene Chatsky. Welcome to Everyday Wealth. Thank you so much for joining me today. So let's dig into a subject that I know so many of you have questions about, and I know that so many of you have questions about this because you ask me, and that is IRAs. So along with your retirement plans at work, your plans like 401ks or 403bs, individual retirement accounts, what we call IRAs, they've become the cornerstone of modern retirement. And there are two basic types of IRAs. There is your traditional IRA and your Roth IRA. And the goals of both of these accounts are pretty similar. They are to save for and fund your retirement, but they also differ in some key ways. And we are going to break that down. A traditional IRA allows you to contribute pre-tax dollars if you're eligible, which means that your contributions could be tax deductible. And then this money grows tax deferred. You don't pay taxes on it while it's growing. And when you withdraw the money in retirement, then you pay taxes at your current ordinary income tax rate. A Roth IRA is different in that you contribute after tax dollars. So you don't get a deduction for making your contributions, but, and this is a big difference, the money in a Roth, it grows tax-free. And when you take the money out, you don't have to pay taxes at all, which is why a lot of people believe that Roth IRAs are like a gift from the gods and lean heavily on them when they qualify. Another really important difference has to do with something called required minimum distributions or RMDs. And you've heard us talk about RMDs on this show a lot. With a traditional IRA, once you reach age 73, you are required. You have to start pulling money out of your IRA. And over the next couple of years, thanks to changes down the pike from Secure 2.0, a new retirement law, that age is going to go up from 73 to 74 to 75. But with a Roth IRA, there are no RMDs. There are no withdrawal requirements, which means you can just leave your money in a Roth IRA and you can let it grow. 
Now, not everybody can deduct their contributions to a traditional IRA. There are income limitations, and with the Roth, there are also income limits that you have to remain below in order to contribute. And as you've probably guessed, the higher your income, the more likely you are to face restrictions on both getting a deduction for your traditional IRA contribution or qualifying for a Roth, which is why higher earners are turning to something called a backdoor Roth IRA or a backdoor Roth. What is that? It's not another account. It's a strategy that these higher earners are using to convert money in a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. It's legal. It is a legal way to get around those income limits that prevent people who earn a lot of money from contributing to a Roth. So I just want to be really, really clear on this. It is not a tax dodge. In fact, it's the opposite in some ways because you may incur higher taxes when you do a backdoor Roth. But there are a couple of benefits and there are reasons why higher earners gravitate toward this strategy. First, if you expect your taxes to go up in the future, this may be a way to reduce your overall tax burden, the overall taxes that you'll pay. And we have talked a lot about the possibility of higher taxes overall in the future on recent shows. So this is one way to protect yourself against those higher future tax brackets, higher future tax rates. Another benefit has to do with that rule regarding RMDs. Since you don't have to take RMDs from a Roth, you can just keep the money in the account and you can continue benefiting from that tax-free compound growth. And if you don't need the money at all in retirement, you can just leave it there and you can pass it along to your kids. You can pass it along to your grandkids. So that backdoor Roth becomes a really valuable tool when it comes to estate planning and transferring wealth to the next generation. Why am I giving you all this context about IRAs and the backdoor Roth strategy? It's because we received a great question from one of our listeners on this very topic. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you worried about the current volatility of the market, inflation rates, talk of a recession? Are you second-guessing your investment decisions? What better time than now to ensure your finances are moving forward than by getting an expert second opinion from an Edelman Financial Engines planner? Whether you already have a planner or simply need a new perspective, they can help you manage your wealth plan to both weather the volatility of the market today and help you protect and preserve it over the long term. To schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today, call 833-PLAN-EFE. That's 833-752-6333. Or visit their website at efewealthplanners.com. Put your uncertainties to rest once and for all. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup right now. If you've got a question, just go to everydaywealth.com, scroll down to the blue box that says, ask a question, type in your info, and send it my way. That's what Danielle did, and we want to bring her on the show to talk about her question. And by the way, if you've been listening to us here for a while, or if you've been a regular listener to my Her Money podcast, which, by the way, I hope you are. You can find it at hermoney.com. You know 
We love questions. In fact, our listeners tell us that our mailbag segments are their favorite parts of our show. So don't hesitate to send us your information. Give us all the details. Let us know if you want to call in so we can put you on the air. And to help with Danielle's question, I'm going to bring on Andy Smith, the wonderful Andy Smith. He is an executive director at Edelman Financial Engines. Hey, Andy. Jean, good to see you. Danielle is calling in from Hawaii, making us all a little bit envious. Hi, Danielle. Welcome to Everyday Wealth. Hi, Jean. So excited. Oh, well, it's very exciting for us to have you here. How can Andy and I help? Yeah, so I have been working at a major tech company for the past six years, and I basically came into a windfall. Um, Back in 2020, the company stock skyrocketed, and uh, my adjusted gross income ended up this year for 2022 being something like $470,000 due to company stock and the vesting period that I'm on. So going into 2023, my company stock is going to be significantly less and closer to like 200K. So I have a couple of questions on how to handle a backdoor Roth and conversion. Uh, When I first started working, I had a traditional IRA and at this point, it has about $13,000 in it. And I want to be able to do my Roth conversion, but I'm not sure if I should wait um, until the 2023 tax year when that tax bite will be less. So right now, I'm in what I think is like the 35% marginal tax bracket. And next year, I might be in like the 32 or 24%, depending how stock goes this year. So I'm just curious, uh, I'm trying to avoid as much of the pro rata tax as possible. If I should contribute in the 2022 tax year and do the conversion or like what I can do for that and if I should, or if I should wait. And then like a, a part two to this question is my husband doesn't have any IRAs. I should have mentioned I'm married filing jointly. Um, doesn't have any IRAs and he's military. So his taxable income is more like thirty to forty thousand a year. Does he need to do a backdoor Roth because my AGI brings us both up? And if he does need to do a backdoor Roth, is he subject to the pro rata tax within my IR, my traditional IRA since he has none? Well, first of all, can I just say I, I love that instead of saying how can I plan a vacation to Tahiti? I mean, I guess you don't have to plan a vacation to Tahiti when you live in Hawaii. But I I love that you're thinking about this is an incredible opportunity and how can I make this money work for me and work for my family's future? So I think that that is awesome. I'm going to let Andy dig into the details here. But Andy, before you do... Backdoor Roth, can you just explain it for people who are wondering how does this differ from a regular Roth? So with the Roth IRAs, there's income limits. And if you earn over a certain number, and it kind of changes each year based on inflation, cost of living, uh, you know, tax code changes. If you earn too much, you can't make an outright Roth contribution. So what a lot of people do is they make non-deductible contributions into a pre-tax IRA, a traditional IRA, and then they immediately take that money. They don't invest it, but they immediately take that money and then convert it 
to a Roth. So you're not going in the front door with uh, outright contributions. You're going in the back door with these converted dollars from, uh, from a pre-tax or traditional IRA. So, Danielle, this is where I always kind of tell people, um, I'll, I'll kind of share with you what we see on our side, but there may be some little nuances or little things that kind of come up that are particular to your tax situation. So if you have a CPA, if you have a tax advisor, you know, kind of run this past them as well. Now that said, if you are wanting to go down this road, the non-deductible contribution probably makes some sense. I would watch the years though. You can make these non-deductible contributions to the IRA for tax year 22, but the conversion itself is always based in the calendar year. So you're not, it's not like you can do something right now and then convert, you know, for last year. You can make last year's contributions, but anything that you're doing conversion-wise is going to happen in this particular tax year. So your question, though, had to do, um, you know, do you wait until you're in a lower tax bracket? Maybe um, for that. Are you thinking about making the full contribution amount into the the pre-tax IRA? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess that's a, another question. Should I max out the 2022 contribution and my 2023 contribution and then do the conversion? Or like when, I guess, when should I do the conversion? I've heard also uh, that maybe you can only do a conversion once a year. Is that accurate? Yeah, one, you know, every, every you know, 12-month calendar period um, for that. Let me, let me ask a follow-up. Are, do, are you already maxing out your 401k contributions at work? I am. Okay. So fantastic. If you weren't, then we'd have, you know, kind of, uh, hey, you probably need to do the 401k, <laughs> but this is in money that's outside of that. So um, yeah, I mean, if you have the walking around money to be able to do that, to make the contributions for last year, uh, make the pre-tax or the non-deductible contributions for this year, you know, I've always told people save as much as you can for as long as you can. This is testament to that, right? So get the money in for last year, get the money in for this year. The question about when to convert, um, these aren't insignificant numbers, but when you talk about either 35% of, you know, what, 13,000, 14,000, and then 32% of that same number, I would be aware of it, but I wouldn't necessarily let the tax tail wag the dog here. The idea is you have the ability to do it and you have the mindset to be able to take advantage of this backdoor option to get money into the Roth account. So from my side, you know, if I had an hour with you to look at all the different things, you know, I might find other ways to poke holes in in what I'm going to say. But I, I think what you're doing makes sense. Try to max out and get money in for uh, 2022. The non-deductible contributions do the same for 23. I would probably just get in the habit of starting now and making it work. 3% isn't you know a huge number. You're also dealing with an amount before that next tax bracket change that's not going to push you into insurmountable periods of, of payment. Therefore, that then... All of a sudden, then come 2024, you know that you make the 2024 contribution and then you convert immediately. Now, all of a sudden, you're kind of on this regular and recurring cycle there for any other sorts of contributions that you want to do going forward. Does that make sense? It does. So does it, okay. uh, is there any reason that I should hold off doing the conversion till the end of the calendar year 
Or if I contribute everything right now, just convert it right now. Um, yeah, this is where I say talk to the tax pro or talk to okay. the CPA because invariably, you know, again, they would poke holes in everything that I would say. But I like, I like having a to-do list and I like being able to cross stuff off my to-do list and moving on to the next thing. If I've got this thing that's kind of hanging out there and, oh, I've got to remember to do it, life gets in the way. And then all of a sudden, what you thought that you were going to do, you completely space. And then because the conversions can only happen in calendar years, all of a sudden you're hosed because life got in front of you. And for whatever reason, you didn't do it in 2023. And Andy, just one more follow-up. No reason for her not to contribute for her husband as well when they're sitting on this windfall, correct? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was the other question. So, your husband, does he have access to and use the thrift savings plan with his work? He does. I have made him max out his 401k as well, and then I just, like, supplement our income throughout the year. Okay, yeah. So, in the TSP, there's the the pre-tax and the Roth option. Are you splitting between the two? Are you just doing the Roth? How are you kind of focusing on the TSP right now? I'm glad you asked that because I don't know. I have forced him to do traditional, assuming that he couldn't, or trying to bring like our taxable income down um, and didn't know if it made sense to push him towards the Roth. Yeah. So this is where, um, so when I talk with people, there's all these different scenarios that I build in terms of what do your contributions look like this year? What if we change this and make more Roth? And what if we change the taxable income and do this? And how does that change? You might want to kind of play with those numbers to see what that looks like. Um, Because with the Roth TSP contributions, you know, you don't get the, the lowered, you know, tax burden for that, but you are kind of going in the front door with Roth assets. I think you have the right idea, though, no matter what you do, um, you're maxing out on the TSP. You know, if you have, if you got the walking around money to do it, you might as well consider making the non-deductible contributions and bringing them in through the back door for, for both of you there for that, because money's good right now, who knows what it's going to be down the road? Who knows what the tax code is going to be down the road? You always kind of work with what you have in front of you. And I really, like Jean said, I really want to congratulate you on thinking like this because you're not thinking about what you're going to go spend it on. You're thinking about how can I save as much as I can for as long as I can. So you're doing, you're doing a hell of a job here. Great. Thank you. So that means he's not subject to my pro rata tax in my traditional IRA. Yeah. So this is where the different kind of scenarios go through. Um, I'd be willing to talk to you later, um, you know, in the day later next week and kind of look at your particular situation to see what those numbers are. But I think you've got the right idea. You're, you're mindful of what is and is not allowed here, um, you know, on that front. And as long as you have that information in front of you, you kind of know what you're walking into when it comes to the, to the tax burden. For sure. Thank you. Yeah. It's just, uh, Getting or paying my taxes every year since coming into this windfall is mind blowing. <laughs> I am all for paying taxes, but my goodness, this is a large tax bite. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you should absolutely take Andy up on that offer to follow up with him because um, my next question for him and would be, all right, now that you are sitting on this windfall, what other ways are there to save and what other ways may there be to shelter 
any of this from that additional tax bite. Um, that's more than we can dig into on the air, but it's certainly something that Andy could look at doing a retirement review like the planners at Edelman Financial Engines do all the time. Yeah, I'd love to. Danielle, thank you so much for calling. Thanks for being part of the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I did just want to take a second to really thank you, Jean. When this happened in 2020, it was like more money than I ever knew what to do with. And like I came from parents who just told me to save and they did everything they could to like get me to college, um, but didn't really tell me what to do after that fact. And so I feel very, very grateful that um, it was actually at work. Someone suggested your podcast and I've been obsessed and have listened to every episode since. And I really attribute to like when I am retiring, I'm going to be thanking you. So in 30 plus years, I will be so grateful that I listened to this podcast. So much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Made my day. Thank you. Thank you. And um, congrats on all of this. It's so exciting. And that is it for this show. I want to thank Danielle for taking the time to come on and Andy for being here and sharing his valuable insights. If you'd like to come on the show, as I said, don't hesitate. Just go to everydaywealth.com, scroll halfway down the page, click ask a question, type in your info, and let me know that you'd like to join us just like Danielle did. And be sure to subscribe to Everyday Wealth wherever you stream your favorite podcasts or just visit everydaywealth.com. All of our past episodes are available to you right there. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk soon. You've been listening to Edelman Financial Engines Everyday Wealth with Gene Chatsky. Edelman Financial Engines has been ranked by Barron's as the number one investment advisor in the country. If you've missed an episode or are interested in additional personal finance topics, be sure to subscribe to the Everyday Wealth Podcast. Our podcast library offers helpful insights on topics such as tax-efficient portfolios, retirement withdrawal strategies, investing, and financial planning, to name just a few. To learn more, visit our website, everydaywealth.com, or find our show wherever you stream your favorite podcast.